Hello, and welcome back to another Expand podcast with yours truly, Elizabeth April. Today, I am out in the desert of Joshua Tree, so you may hear some wind, you may hear some birds, but I really felt the need to be out in nature today. So, with the American election right around the corner, and the chaos of COVID misconceptions, I really felt like this was a very important topic to bring up today. And it's the topic of truth, right? The ultimate question that philosophers within humanity have been asking since the dawning of humanity. What is the truth? Now, before I go into my rants about, you know, having your own bullshit meter and discerning truth for yourself, before I go into all of that, I just want to mention my perspective of it all. I have an understanding within my own system, as always, take it or leave it, that there is subjective truth and there is objective truth. And when I talk about and explain these two very different concepts, I want to also just put a disclaimer that I'm only referencing the limitations of this reality. What I mean by that is I am only talking about this world that we live in, okay? We're not talking about the truth of the universe in this statement. So objective truth within the confines of this reality is everything around us that we can see and measure and then therefore perceive based on physical scientific measurements, okay? So a good example of the objective truth is the bird that is sitting in the tree in front of me. Objectively, we can measure that bird, the weight, the height, the feathers, the species, the age, right, of that bird, the demographics or location that that bird can be found in all throughout the world. It's measurable, okay? Now, subjectively, there is also a truth encompassed within this reality, and that is our own individual truth. (laughs) And I think one of the biggest misconceptions within society is that people believe that their subjective truth is, in fact, objective truth, right? But it's not. There is a huge difference between the two. You don't even need to know what subjective and objective means in order to understand that the measurable atomic state of the world around you is very different than the way that you view and perceive the world around you. So let's take it on back to the bird example. So I have the bird in front of me. Objectively, it is existing in this moment as a bird, right? Now, what is your perception of that bird? Do you love birds, especially that species, because you remember feeding those birds with your grandparents when you were a kid? Do you actually resent birds because they make you very frightened because when you were a kid, you watched the movie The Birds, right? So what is your perception of that bird? Now, what I believe the absolute truth is, in moment to moment, based on the individual, is taking the atomic state of this reality, the objective truth, 
when we add it to our subjective truth, our perception, it equals the current state of reality, of truth, right, in your own life. It's not just all perception, and it's not just all scientific, right? It's both together. And most of our research, most of our studies doesn't even cover the perception. I mean, I remember years ago, I found out about the placebo effect, and it blew my mind. And I thought to myself, why aren't we talking about this? Why isn't this the biggest revelation in science since sliced bread? You know, why isn't this headline news that as a matter of fact, our brain is so powerful that we can cure our own bodies without the use of anything, right? I remember deep diving into research of the placebo effect, and so many people are, are talking about it within this field, but it's not headline news. We continue to overemphasize Western medicine, which is funny because I did a podcast on Western medicine recently, right? But really, truly, we continue to overemphasize these quick fixes that, as a matter of fact, really actually stunt our growth and our capacity to heal later down the line. But I read this one study of the placebo effect where, let's say, for example, there was 10 participants. All 10 participants were at the same level of needing knee surgery, right? Whatever was going on with their knees, right? But they all needed this one particular type of knee surgery, you know, for more cartilage or I don't know what, what it was, right? You can find the study out there, I'm sure. So they took five of these participants and they actually did the knee surgery on them. Then they took the other five participants and all they did was they made the same incisions that they made for the other real knee surgery participants, same incisions, but they just cut them open and sewed them back up. They actually didn't do anything at all, but their perception that they did something, okay, was there. So guess what happened? The results are freaking astounding. The ones who didn't get the knee surgery ended up healing not only much faster, right, because there wasn't surgery done at all, but the original problem that they had, that the surgery was out to fix, healed itself within a matter of weeks. Weeks. Because we constantly, and it's been ingrained within us, no matter how enlightened you are, it's been ingrained that we need something else to solve our problems. We need someone else to fix us. That's how disempowered we are. And my main mission is to show you how powerful you are in all of the ways, right? So, I mean, that's, that's a little rant in, in itself, and I won't go into that too, too much because that riles me up. But I want to go back to truth, right? I want to go back to this concept of truth. So interesting. So right now in the current political climate, right, in current COVID climate, we've got a lot going on. And the biggest problem that we have right now is polarity. We have these top experts from all around the world all saying completely different things. I went to university. I studied statistics. I did uh, quantifiable and qualifiable or whatever the two are, probably mixing that up, right? I did those, those studies. I wrote my own hypothesis, you know, I, I did huge term papers on this stuff. 
typically about corruption. I've actually thought of releasing some of my, my term papers because <laughs> I'm sure people would get a, a good laugh out of them, right? But anyway, the one thing that I realized was that even quote-unquote facts, even quote-unquote statistics is complete bullshit. Not only is it the way that you're posing the question and all of the implications within the language that you use in posing your question to answer, but it's an infinite number of variables. On top of that, all of these studies just get rid of the outliers. And it blew my mind, right? So if you have 80% of the population all saying yes to this one thing, and then you have 20% saying, no, you know, no, I don't, I don't agree with that. Oh, they're just the random outliers. They're clearly, you know, weird. So we're not even going to include them because it's going to actually throw off the entire study, right? Now I get that because you do need some sort of limitation because someone could just be totally, you know, making a fool of the whole quiz or what have you. But when you have a study of 100,000 and you have at least, you know, 2,000, 5,000 people all saying the same thing, but because they don't fit into the curve of the graph, let's just leave them. I don't know, whatever. It's, it's another rant that I'm not going to go into. But I realized upon going to university and really being in the scientific kind of observer perspective of society, it's all skewed. There is no such thing as a fact or the truth. So especially in today's climate, especially in the chaos that we have around us, how do we find the truth? How do we know what's what? I've said this before, but I will say it again. It's not about listening to someone who knows what the truth is or has the answers for you. As a matter of fact, if you have anyone in your life right now, whether it be a teacher, a spiritual leader, a YouTuber, a mother, a brother, a dog, a child, if you have anyone in your life right now that is telling you what is the truth and what is not the truth, then you are giving your power away. You've created that dynamic and situation for a reason. Because you do not believe in your own toolkit and your own ability to figure out what's right and what's wrong for you. So what do we do? Subconsciously, we attract people who think they know what's up to give us the answers that we're looking for. And once again, we go deeper into a hole of skewed information. And in a lot of ways, I am that person. I am the person who a lot of people perceive, and, and even I, in, in a way, perceive or project that I know what's up. But that's also why I have to add the disclaimer, which is please question everything. Think for yourself. It's your own discernment. I literally just figured out what this word meant like two years ago, right? I'm like, what is that word? I don't even know. <laughs> I didn't want to know. So I'll kind of define it. I'll try and define it. Discernment is, oh, this is tough. Discernment is the ability to understand what is right and what is wrong. I don't know if that's, those are the right words that are used within the definition of discernment, right or wrong. But it's almost like discernment is figuring out the difference between two things. Now, when we live in a binary universe, figuring out and understanding the difference between polarity 
is pretty freaking important. So when we're talking about discernment and understanding, there is no one that can teach you that. The only way to fully master discernment, and I would say even for me, definitely have not mastered this, still figuring out the balance. I mean, I put out a video on YouTube just the other day, crying over feeling like I don't know, or I don't have the balance between my teacher and my human. You know, that's discernment. To discern from moment to moment who I want to be in that moment, what aligns and feels right. So the easiest way or the main way that one can master discernment is to really fully dive into and experience both sides of discernment. So it really depends on what you're trying to discern. I'll give you a very realistic example. If you're trying to discern and figure out who you want in your life as a romantic partner, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, who do I really want as a romantic partner? And you're like, I don't really know. Okay, well, what about my last boyfriend or girlfriend? What did I think about them? Oh, well, I really loved these aspects of them, but I really didn't like those aspects of them. Oh, okay. Do you see what we do in our mind? We play with both sides of things in order to figure out the balance between both. And it's not, and it never is, all one or all the other. If you had a partner who was everything you could ever possibly imagine and more, it would be boring. And in a lot of ways, I feel like my partner is everything that I've ever possibly imagined. I mean, even beyond, way beyond that. But she still triggers me because it allows me to learn because she is different than me. And that allows me to grow. It's not all, you know, roses and rainbows. It's a lot of rainbows, right? But at the same time, I appreciate that other side of our dynamic and relationship. And I wouldn't have it any other way because it's a balance, right? It's that balance. So, right, that's in relationship. In order to understand who you want or what you want in a relationship, you need to understand both sides of it. What are the good and what are the bad? What works well with me and what doesn't? Everyone's very unique. No one can tell you what you need in a relationship but you. In order to master discernment, you need to give yourself time to think. What's the biggest problem right now in society? In my view, in my mind, including in my own life, it's distraction. There's this fear of thinking, in a sense. This fear of figuring out the truth. We want to know so badly what that truth is within us. And yet, we don't allot ourselves, allow ourselves the time to discern, to figure it out, right? It's very contradictory. And that creates a lot of anxiety because it's disharmonic vibration. So say, for example, you are trying to discern the truth, right? You know, in your own truth, in your own reality, between light and dark. What is light and what is dark? So say, for example, one of your favorite spiritual teachers all of a sudden has all of these rumors that this person is evil, right? Dark, demonic, uh, reptilian, right? Whatever you want to call it. All these rumors going around. All of a sudden, your perception starts to change. You have a choice in that moment. Do you A, think for yourself 
right? Not, not, not in a condescending way, but really truly just take the time to stop and ask yourself, how do I feel in the presence of this spiritual teacher, right? Boom, the answer is there. You know already what the truth is. So are you giving your power away and allowing even many people to determine what the outcome of your reality is? Or are you allowing yourself the space to dive into discernment, right? Now, if you haven't had the experience between light and dark, it is easy to get tripped up within your own intuition because you haven't really experienced darkness, which makes you a little bit naive and innocent in an endearing way, but at the same time, easily manipulated or, you know, naively convinced, right? And then all of a sudden, if, if all you've ever experienced is light, then you're really just looking at the world in such a beautiful bright light, extra positive way. And I'm just going to, you know, digress a little bit here and, you know, bring in my own personal realizations with all of this. I was thinking the other day, why do I feel like my wife Natasha is such a pure soul? Like that's the word I would use, right? Is this purity. She has this purity, you know, and of course she's very divine feminine and emotional and sensitive in all of the ways and so beautiful, right? And, and also a badass, you know, CEO boss lady as well, right? But she has this purity. She has this purity that I feel like I don't have. And I've seen her at her worst moments when shit is hitting the fan, when she is extremely sick, you know, like that time in Mexico. I've seen her at her worst and she is still like so divinely childlike, like so divinely pure, so innocent, so beautiful. Like her soul is just, just incredible, right? And when I compare myself, even though, you know, it's not good to do that, but it's good also for discernment. I don't have that, right? I really, truly don't have that purity. Like, instead, I feel like I have a bit of a chip on my shoulder. It's almost like I feel like I have a bit of skepticism within me. You know, I don't have that purity of positivity that she has. And most people would say I'm a very positive person, and I, I really, truly am. But I've got this other side of me, you know, this like slightly, this edgier, it's an edgier side, right? So I was thinking about it, thinking about it. And then one day I was once again, giving myself the space, just like I am right now, sitting in Joshua Tree, just enjoying the views, talking to all of you. And it dawned on me, right? It just, you know, one of those downloads, it just kind of hits you. And yeah, this huge download came through that there is a difference between souls that have been through the galactic wars, especially in battle, in these galactic wars, and souls that have evaded the galactic wars, which means that they're not like necessarily a young soul. They're definitely still cosmic and very old, but they, they didn't fight, right? They didn't fight the darkness the way that the other side has. So there's actually this division of souls that have been in it, have been through it, have also existed as the dark side, right? Souls that have incarnated as low vibrational beings in the universe have felt that anger and jealousy and greed and need and want for more have been in it. 
and souls that have chosen not to yet, right? There's this pure divine innocence there. And in some regard, I'm like, oh man, I wish I could be that soft and sweet and innocent and optimistic. And then part of me also realizes, even with my chip on the shoulder, I hold a wisdom of discernment that Nat may not have gained access to yet, right? Because in a lot of ways, she does still get taken advantage of. And in my mind, I'm like, how could you ever let someone do that? And it's because she hasn't been in it, right? It's almost like she's incapable of being greedy or wanting more, right? And I get that side, but I also don't sit in that side because I know that that side doesn't serve me, ultimately, because I've been in it, because I understand that it just leaves this hollow feeling in your soul. And I'm watching people, observing, not necessarily right now in my life, but I, you know, throughout my life I've, I've observed people who have been in it, who have been in that darkness themselves, right? And it takes many lifetimes of incarnating in that dark side to understand that you don't only have to sit there. So I want you all to think to yourself, have I chosen the path of light and dark? Have I only chosen the path of light? Have I only chosen the path of dark? Once again, to become that master, we need to be sitting in that zero point place where we are not feeding one side or the other. And that brings it back to the truth, your own truth. You need to know what resonates with you in order to understand what does not resonate with you. You need to have the experience of both sides to become the master to ultimately discern truth. And that's a huge lesson that everyone needs to know, that everyone needs to go through. Right now, politically, we have to make some tough decisions or consciously choose not to make some tough decisions. And this is the time to do it. This is the time to cut out all of the outside chatter and chaos and projection and illusion and really ask yourself, what resonates with you? What direction do you feel is most aligned to your highest intention? And you need to hold that highest intention before you even know the answer to that question. And with that, I just want to say, you know, huge gratitude and appreciation for all of you being here. I really feel like time slows down here in the desert. And this time allows me to really think about the ability to be seen and heard in this incarnation and how unusual that is for someone to have this information and not get persecuted and actually be quite safe in, in relaying it. So... I just appreciate all of you being here and listening to me and having the ability to discern for yourself what is and what is not for you. And I'm sure some of my content isn't for you and some of it absolutely is. And that's why you're here to figure that out. And I appreciate each and every one of you questioning the reality around you, thinking for yourself and landing yourself in a position where you're able to become the master. Keep up the good work. Check out all of my other socials for more epic, thoughtful, and inspiring information and content. Until next week, bye for now. Mm-hmm.